0: Love, talk Radio.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And today we are continuing our preseason previews of other conferences besides the Big Ten. Tonight we're going to do the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Uh, we'll get right down to uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, first, I do want to say that Amazon Prime Day is coming up on July 16th, Amazon, uh, we have an associate's account with Amazon. So we get a referral bonus for all your shopping done on Amazon at no cost uh, to the shopper. It's a great way uh, to keep our content free. It's a great way to reward our writers for the work that they do to put into there. But um, we we have an article up on the site on that right now. After that, uh, it's next Tuesday on July sixteenth. Starts at three p.m. It's kind of like Black Friday, uh, but it's online and Prime uh, Prime Day. So with that, we bring in TJ Inman. TJ, we are talking Big Twelve, Pac Twelve today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well,
0: Sammy. Hope everyone out there's uh, doing well. Also, uh, you know it's obviously very hot here, but uh, you know you can kind of feel on some of the mornings. Uh, A little bit of cool air, you know, kind of you can open up the house and uh, kind of in the 50s and it it just gets me feeling all the more excited for football. It's kind of like, hey, this sort of feels like fall. And when you're desperate for a takes head is a good sign. I
1: don't know if you've been outside today, TJ, but it did not feel like fall.
0: It does not. Ah. Today (laughs) does not
1: feel like fall. Today feels like something resembling an oven, I guess. Yes, or or a sauna, uh, something like that. But let's get down yeah. to it. Big Big Twelve, TJ, uh, most okay. interesting, most interesting team. I went between two teams. I, I went between West Virginia and Texas. You know, West Virginia oh, yeah. not projected to 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 be more than fourth in the Big Twelve, but they do have the best quarterback in the conference. That's intriguing to me. And then Texas, you know, we've been waiting for Texas to come back to. What Texas is supposed to be the last couple of years is this the year they finally challenge Oklahoma for a Big 12 title uh, and, and get back to where Texas football is supposed to be? Their uh, Texas' schedule. Um, They're talking about this earlier on ESPNU Radio is that if they could get through the month of September at four and one, three and one, and get to that Red River. Red River rivalry game uh, at four and one or five and one, they should have uh, some college football playoff talk uh, going for them. They play at Maryland, but that game is at uh, FedEx field in Landover, Maryland. They play Tulsa after that. They have USC at home, a tough TCU team at home, and then they have to go to to Kansas state, which is always a tough trip uh, for an opponent. So, you know, then they get Oklahoma, Baylor at home, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia at home, at Texas Tech, Iowa State at home and finish at Kansas. Uh so I, I think Texas has a shot, real shot to get off uh quickly. They they have a shot to, to bounce back into the national spotlight. We'll see if they do it. They bring back the top two rushers, uh, from a year ago, even though they weren't that productive. They bring back uh, they're t- two quarterbacks who played significant amount of time. They're top two receivers. They have a lot of guys back. They do lose two uh, two of their top tacklers on defense, but uh, with the way Tom Herman uh, has been recruiting, he should be able to replace there. It's the second year went seven and six last year. Them to me are a little bit more intriguing than West Virginia, who did go seven and six last year with Will Greyer at quarterback, but he is the if we have to do a player to watch, he's my player to watch. Mhm. Yeah, I vote I, I with
0: Texas as the center interesting and I, I'm kind of thinking in in terms of big picture. You know, Tom Herman uh, considered by pretty much unanimously considered a home run hire for Texas, um, and I, I don't disagree with that uh, necessarily, but, you know, and they continue to recruit really well, but that's never truly been an issue for Texas. They've always recruited well, it's just can they recruit at kind of that top five, top ten level uh, which is required to get their programs where their fans expect it to be. Uh, you know, on in terms of this year's team uh, to really, you mentioned the schedule, so I won't rehash that, but it's a really uh, interesting schedule in terms of games that you would expect Texas to win, but uh, they're certainly not guarantee games. I mean, Tulsa's not bad at all. That's a solid program. Uh, USC, obviously, a big-name brand that uh, we'll talk about in our Pac-12 talk. Uh, Maryland, you know, that's a game you would expect Texas to win. But guess what? Maryland went in there last year and beat them at home, uh, ruining Tom Herman's debut. So, uh, you know, you got Sam Eleanor at quarterback. Uh, or is it Shane Bouchelle? two guys that uh, it seems like Eleanor is probably the guy, uh, but Bouchelle certainly an accomplished player in his own right. Uh, but both have their flaws. So uh, it's a team that probably has a ceiling of about nine wins, I'd say, given their schedule. Um, I, I don't really think that them getting through uh, October 6th I don't see them getting through that, which is the Oklahoma game, uh, with anything better than four and two. Uh, and if that's the case, then you're looking at probably a nine win through the ceiling. Now, is that good enough for their fans? Well, probably not on a consistent basis, but I think than that, I, I think maybe they start to have some questions creep up in the back of their heads as to whether or not they can return to a level uh, that they'd be pleased with, and it certainly hasn't helped uh, their their fans' psyche that rival Oklahoma uh, went to the college football playoff, got so much attention with Baker Mayfield, and has a young coach of their own of Lincoln Riley uh, that is looking like every bit the the young hot shot that Tom Herman was. So uh, that's my pick, and I, I think it's uh, in, in a, a conference full of programs that um, you know are kind of wondering where they stand in terms of. Uh, financial footing and uh, TV money, Texas does not fall into that crowd uh, as they continue to rake in revenue with their athletic program, but uh, nonetheless, I think that they do have to kind of ponder whether or not they can uh, consistently match up uh, with the big boys, which is certainly what they consider themselves.
1: Uh, yeah. And a lot of that ire towards Texas came when the big 12 kind of dissolved. They have their longhorn yeah. network. It's, it's, you know, they're kind of like you know put up or shut up time uh, for Texas. Tom Harmon came in last year. You said it, he all the expectations in the world to return Texas to glory. All right, let's move on to the best non-conference game. And I didn't want to pick, the same games as we picked last week for both of these conferences or the same game both times this week. So with the big 12, I went TCU at Ohio state. TCU is going to be pretty good this year. They're expected to, to finish, you know, top three in the conference. They have two kind of soft games coming in with the open with Southern at the, um, at SMU the game is in Arlington a rare midseason non-conference uh, game at a neutral site uh, it, it's should be a lot of TCU fans there a lot of Ohio State fans there uh, they're coming off an 11 win team they bring back uh, Darius Anderson who who ran for 768 yards last year they will be breaking in a new quarterback, Sean Robinson, who's a sophomore. Got some playing time last year, uh, but this is a game where maybe TCU jumps into that national conversation with a win over Ohio State. And I know Indiana fans listening, there's would be nothing better than having Ohio State lose uh, down in Texas um, to TCU.
0: That's a good one. That's probably my pick as well, uh, in the interest of you know, having a little bit uh, broader perspective, I think West Virginia at North Carolina State's a really interesting game. Um, uh, West Virginia-Tennessee is somewhat interesting. Uh, and I'll talk more about the Mountaineers in a little bit. But uh, uh, Oklahoma State hosting Boise State. Uh, Boise State um, on September 15th game uh, in Stillwater. Not really sure what Oklahoma State's going to have. Uh, certainly, you expect them to be good on offense. Uh, Justice Hill is one of the most underappreciated running backs in the country. And, uh, of course, they'll have some athletic receivers that can get the job done. But they're replacing an awful lot, um, and they have to find an answer at quarterback. So that's kind of an unknown. And then Boise State figures again to be uh, one of the top uh, of five teams out there so if they can go to Stillwater and get that victory uh, maybe they can you know begin to mount the campaign for a, a spot in the, the New Year's Six but uh, I'll go with that one but I think the answer probably is going to in reality be the TCU Ohio State game get the chance for TCU to uh, stamp themselves and it's it's really a game that the big 12 could could use uh, a win for sure, but they they can't really afford to have TCU go and get the doors blown off uh, of them by Ohio state. That would be a a real bad look for the conference that um, I I personally don't think uh, has much of a shot to get a team into the college football playoff unless somebody, you know, I would say really exceeds expectations. So, uh, that's a game perception wise that the Big 12 could really use.
1: Yeah, and you talk about perception games. You know, Oklahoma uh, has UCLA coming in. We don't yeah. know what UCLA is going to be with Chip Kelly taking over Texas as USC. Uh, Ohio well, State. How about we about that don't. opener for Oklahoma? The
0: opener yeah. uh, against the, the lane train.
1: Yeah, the lane train's coming into Norman, too. Lane train against the Boom- Boomers uh, sooner. We'll, we'll see yeah. uh, we'll see what they do there. Anyway, let's go best conference game. I went the season finale, regular season finale, of Oklahoma at West Virginia. If you like points, the Big 12 is the conference for you. And this game uh, is very liable to be one of those 63-55, like, don't show up with defense. Uh, just throw it around the yard. Uh you know, pick up games that's fun to watch, exciting, lots of offense. Uh, so that that's my best conference game. We added this from last week. So that, that that's the game at the end of the season, it, although it's the same day as the bucket game. That's the game, at the or it's on the Friday night. So if you're not doing anything Friday night yep. for the bucket game, that's the game I'm tuning into, and I would take the over.
0: Yep, that is also my pick, and uh, I'm going to be going kind of Mountaineer heavy here as we continue the Big 12, but I I also went with that one, and uh, you'll understand a bit more why a little bit later.
1: Yep, uh, best uniform, it's got to be Texas. Uh, I'm a traditionalist on on uniforms, especially Mm -hmm. in the Big 12. Texas has got those crisp white uniforms. They have the burnt orange uh, jerseys at home. And they don't really go alternate uniforms all that much because their regular set of uniforms is really really nice.
0: I I don't disagree with that look. I I like Texas's classic look. Uh, you will not agree with me here, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, Oklahoma State, as long as they don't wear much gray, I I really like Oklahoma State's uniforms. Uh, they have uh, retooled uh, their they're cowboy. Uh, They've retooled Pete a little bit, and he cool look. But the orange and black, as long as they stick with orange and black, I really love them. Uh, when they start to use gray as a primary school color, I, I don't really understand it. But sticking with the orange and black, which they did more of last season, I really like that look. Uh, so I'll go with Oklahoma State.
1: Well, yeah, I don't mind Oklahoma State. I, I, I mean, TCU has a good color scheme too. I like the purple and black, uh, kind of like Northwestern as well. Best game yeah. day atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I am actually going to go off campus in this one. Uh, the Red River Red River rivalry out in the Cotton Bowl, oh, yeah. um, the Texas State Fair. That's, it's it's got to be one of the, the best college football rivalries in the history. And just going to Texas state fair as well you'd make a weekend out of it and it'd be a, a lot of fun
0: that that's a really solid pick I didn't think uh, I didn't think about that to be honest but that that would be a really cool event to go to uh, you know the the wide shots on TV you see the, the just split straight down the middle red versus the orange Uh, It's a really cool look on TV. I'm sure it'd be an awesome game to attend in person. Uh, Fan bases definitely do not care for each other, so uh, going as a neutral would be a lot of fun. I went with West Virginia, uh, Morgantown. I I think it'd be a lot of fun to go there, a unique atmosphere, uh, passionate fan base. that's really proud of their school. Um, And then I, I think the... End of game, where they send or they sing uh, "Take Me Home, Country Roads." Uh, I think that's just a really cool scene. Obviously, I have no ties to West Virginia, um, and I even get you know a tiny bit not emotional or anything, but I, I can understand how uh, someone that's from that state uh, would get emotional singing that song together uh, with the other fans after West Virginia home games. So I'll go with Morgantown.
1: Yeah, me to my sleeper team is West Virginia. I I think that Will Will Greer is the wild card in the conference. If, if he can lift up that the rest of that offense um, and put together you know uh, enough points to overcome their deficiencies on defense, they could be a real player. They get Oklahoma at home. Um, they get. TCU at home. They do have to go to Texas, uh, and to Oklahoma state. And, but, uh, Greer threw for 3,490 yards last year, 34 touchdowns. He brings back his leading receiver and Gary Jennings, David Stills is back who had 18 touchdown receptions last year. They bring back two of their three top rushers from a year ago. Uh, the issue is defense. Have they recruited enough on defense? Uh-huh. Can, they, can they score more points than they let up? It, it's kind of going to look like one of those mid-2010s IU team where there's not very much defense, but they could score with the best of them. So that's why I have West Virginia as my sleeper team, although they'll do it loudly with a lot of points. But they, they can sneak up in there and make a run for this, uh, this conference crown.
0: Yep, I went with West Virginia as well. Uh, I mean, I think their wide receiver core, I think, is really underestimated. Uh, You mentioned David Sills. I don't think people appreciate how good he was last year uh, and how good he might be this season. Um, He's an absolute All-American. And then at uh, left tackle, they uh, decided to come back his senior season that's a big boon for them uh they return uh most of their offense and the guys that they lost i do not think are irreplaceable at all uh i mean tj simmons is their sophomore wide receiver coming back uh that's a big guy to to step in for a starter that was lost um i mean gary jennings is kind of their second wide out he had over a thousand yards um a season ago so uh I really think that this offense might be one of the five best in the country. Uh, and Holgerson is uh, certainly no stranger to having good offenses. He knows what to do with them. You're right on defense. It's a question mark. Um, really like uh their defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson. I think he's one of the better ones in the big 12, which right. I know is not a huge bar, but they did get some transfers that are going to help out. Hopefully uh, the schedule is, Not too difficult to navigate, but it does provide them with some opportunities uh, to to spray an upset or two. I went with West Virginia as well, and I, I think that their offense is going to be exceptional, and the defense, I think, is going to outperform expectations.
1: Yeah, well, that brings us to our conference champion. How the Big 12 does it, they do have a conference championship game at the end of the year. It's the top two teams. Uh, in the conference to play each other. I believe it is at a neutral site, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yep. Um, I think Oklahoma takes the conference championship crown. I think they'll probably play either Texas or TCU um, there at the end. How I feel about a second Texas Oklahoma uh, game during the season. First one's great. Sure. I'll sign up for another one. Uh, but we'll see. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma, defending champs. They bring back Kyler Murray, who, if you're an Oakland Athletics fan, and I don't know how many Oakland Athletics fans listen to this show, you have to be holding your breath every single Saturday. He was a first round pick uh, of the Athletics. They put a lot of money into him. They're allowing him to play um, play football this year, and just taking a chance of him getting getting hurt.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I went with West Virginia, um, and I, I know that that is a wild-card pick. I know it's out there, uh, and I understand that that defense is, in all likelihood, not going to be good enough to win a conference title. Uh, but the fact that they do uh, get Oklahoma at home on a, in a night game on a Friday, uh, I think that that offers enough opportunity for West Virginia to get that done. I don't think that anybody emerges from this conference with fewer than two losses. So I don't think that they're going to be a playoff contender, Uh, but I expect I'm picking West Virginia to win this because I don't feel all that good about Oklahoma uh, as a repeating conference champ. I think they lost a little bit too much that they will not be able to replace uh, right away. So I I went with West Virginia and uh, that's an out there pick, but uh, we'll see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, it should be an exciting Big Twelve season. Everybody yeah. plays everybody at least one, you know, once. Then you have the conference championship game. It's how people want some of the conferences to go, uh, but you know, we'll see. Now on to the Pac twelve. It is six fifty one Eastern time, so they're getting some prime time uh, talk here on the Hoosier Huddle podcast. It's not Pac twelve yeah. after dark. Just yet, but uh, one of my favorite things about the college football season is staying up late, watching these Pac-12 games at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, especially coming back from a 3.30 IU game and just winding down, uh, watching these games. Most interesting team is TJ. I picked Arizona for several reasons. One, they're bringing in Kevin Sumlin, the coach. Uh, Arizona Uh waited and waited and waited. I think they made it out the best um, of of the coaching hires at, at a place that they could do. Kevin Sumlin is a proven commodity, and he'll also have a Heisman Trophy hopeful, Khalil Tate, running the show at quarterback. What he could do in offense, Khalil Tate kind of has a, a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him, and uh, Kevin Sumlin, Coach Manziel, will see what they what they could do. Now, what else is interesting in Arizona is Arizona, their rival made another hire. They brought in um, head scratcher, Herm Edwards. It was a uh, a coaching hire that I still really don't understand other than that. Uh, you know, his former agents have an AD over at, uh, over at Arizona State, but we'll see how they do. Arizona also has – and I'll talk more about Arizona uh, – later, uh, but who, who is your most interesting team?
0: Well, for the future, I'm really interested in what UCLA does, but I don't think they will be all that interesting this season under Chip Kelly. I think they've got a lot of work to do before they're uh, anything more than just a, you know, future program. Uh, I'll go with Oregon. Uh, they get marquee home games. I mean, they're all their big games are in Austin stadium. Uh I think that they're going to be really good on offense, mainly um, because of uh, Justin Herbert. They were incredibly good with him last season, and things fell apart when he was injured. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. And then uh, I think that Levitt is one of the better defensive coordinators um, kind of in that, in that region. So uh, I think that they'll be improved on defense, continue to improve a little bit there. I don't think they'll be spectacular on defense, and they are in the tougher division. Uh, but I went with the Oregon Ducks.
1: Oregon's a good pick. Uh, let's get into best non-conference games. I said USC at Texas. I didn't want to use this for both both of the Big Twelve and the Big Ten or uh, the Pac-12 uh, conferences. USC is going to be a national title contender. Texas could be an up-and-comer. Uh, in the Big 12, it's a home game for Texas. Austin, it, it that's a tough place to play. It's early in the season. It's going to set the tone. That's one of those skins that the Big 12 needs uh, to boost their their conference profile for the college football playoff. Same with the Pac-12. To go on the road to Texas and bring back a win would be impressive feat. So that's my best non-conference game.
0: I went with uh, Washington Auburn. Um, I, I think that they've got they've got some good games. Uh, Washington Auburn is certainly uh, the one on the national stage that's uh, going to get the most publicity for obvious reasons. You've got two potential top ten teams, uh, and it's one that the uh, the Pac-12 really desperately needs to have a good showing in because Washington is perhaps their only. Uh, playoff contender. We'll see about that. Uh, you mentioned USC, so uh, we'll see about who can kind of step forward besides Washington, but that's one they really need. Uh, one under the radar one would be Arizona and Houston in week number two. That that should be a, a very entertaining game that um, Arizona could make kind of an early statement in with a tough uh, road game, and uh, kudos to them for playing
1: that one as well. Yeah, after Houston has beaten Oklahoma and a couple other teams. uh, TJ, speaking of under-the-radar games, let's go back to the Big 12 for a second for the ultimate game under the radar. It might be under the ground. Rutgers at Kansas. That is happening (laughs) this year. And kudos Kudos to Rutgers for scheduling that team because I have been dying for IU to schedule Kansas as their Power 5 non-conference game. Uh, that game is going to set the tone for both teams' seasons. If Kansas wins, that's improvement. If Rutgers goes in there and loses, that could be a disaster for Chris Ash. It's Kansas has won three games in in three years. Nope. The, they went 0 and 12, I think, 1 and 11, and 2 and 10. So there might be 10,000 people there, but we'll see. Okay, back to the Pac-12. Best conference game. I'm going to go USC at Arizona. Um, and again, I'll talk about Arizona uh, later as my sleeper team. I think that this has this screens midweek Pac 12, Pac 12 after dark craziness uh, with Khalil Tate. It's, um, it's early in September. It's a tone setter. If you could go into the desert and beat Arizona, That's great for USC, and then, you know, who who knows what happens after that. But seeing Khalil Tate against a USC defense, that's probably my best conference game, one that I'll I'll have to sit down and watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good one, and uh, I think it makes sense given um, I think USC is susceptible this season. Uh, I I happen to think that they have a a bit of a drop-off coming. Uh, this year is I I don't necessarily obviously don't love to rely on a uh, young quarterback like they're likely going to do with JT Daniels. Uh, Or, you know, I I don't really trust uh, that Clay Helton is anything better than pretty good as a coach. So um, I think USC is is gettable this season. So Arizona uh, there is a nice pick and uh, I will go uh, to the North and take Uh, Washington at Oregon on October 13th Uh, I think that that one is uh, again another opportunity for Washington to prove that they are a college football playoff contender uh, and possibly a favorite to make it to the college football playoff if they can beat Auburn and win at Oregon Uh, that would be two very big uh, feathers in the cap Uh, no pun intended and then Oregon I'm very interested to see if if they can beat the Huskies on October thirteenth. Uh, the rest of their schedule is not too terribly difficult. Um, while I I don't expect Oregon to make a run for the division title, uh, obviously if you can beat the division favorite in your home stadium, um, you know you have to say well we've got a shot to do so. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one there because really. I mean, they've got Stanford on September 22nd, so uh, we will know whether or not they're going to be a real threat. Uh, but if they can knock off Stanford on the 22nd and then at Cal on the 29th, uh, and then you've got a bye week and then Washington coming on October 13th. So uh, that'll probably be a, you know, a nighttime game in Austin Stadium, kind of that's probably 10.30 Eastern time window. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing that one unfold because uh, it's going to be kind of a, a huge early test for uh, in the Mario Cristobal era, which I, I don't know. That was an interesting hire. It made sense given when they had to make it. Uh, and I, I think that their fans will feel much better about it if they can knock off Stanford uh, and then knock off Washington. And after that, uh, it's all downhill. The rest of their schedule is uh, is manageable outside of a trip to Arizona and uh, and Utah.
1: All right, let's go with best uh, best uniforms. TJ. Mm-hmm.
0: I went with Oregon. Uh, I know that that is um, probably not the pick. I, I love UCLA's, but. I'm still kind of mad that they tampered with them. The look that they have right now is is better. They've gone back to a little bit more traditional. And I, you know, I I like USC's. I I understand. um, I understand why some would say, oh, those are easily the best. I I like USC's. I don't think they're that amazing. Uh, But I I like Oregon. I think that they've gone a little bit away from kind of the crazy looks. uh, And they're their uniforms are not that garish anymore. They're just not that that out there. Uh, I think that they have relied a little bit more recently on kind of their retro uh, looks, which I think are really, really nice. Uh, White helmets um, with kind of their their retro duck logo. Uh, I think a nice shade of green and a nice shade of yellow. Uh, They relied on those as opposed to kind of the you know, the chrome looks and, uh, you know, uh, blackouts and all that. I think going with their green and yellow and uh, kind of the retro
1: logo, I think it looks really good. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA. I like the powder blue and gold look. I really do. Uh, yeah. I, I like or- Oregon. It's fun and interesting. But UCLA is just classic, especially playing in the Rose Bowl. It clashes with yep. the green. Probably my favorite uniform game is USC UCLA. Well, they're they'll both wear their their home colors, so I'm I'm gonna go UCLA. How about game day atmosphere?
0: Well, I I uh, I think there's a lot of really good locations for uh, Pac-12 games. Obviously, you would be hard pressed to say, oh you know, USC UCLA, awesome. Uh, Stanford, awesome. I mean, really pretty. Pretty places. Uh, I don't think a lot of great necessarily atmospheres. However, uh, I think the better atmospheres are probably by and large in the in the Pac-12 North. With uh, Oregon, I think has a really good atmosphere. It looks like on TV. Um, but I will go Washington, and I am a uh, a bit biased here. My brother lives in Seattle. Uh, I'd love to get out there for a game at some point. Um, you know, they stadium there right off the Sound. Um, you can tailgate on your boat if if you happen to be fortunate enough to have a boat. Um, and I, I think it looks like a really cool spot. And uh, the weather generally uh, pretty tolerable there during football season. So I'll go with Washington and, uh, and they've got some really nice new facilities as well. So
1: uh, I'll take Seattle. I had Washington last year. Tailgate, And I was a team last year tailgating on a boat. I picked Tennessee, and I picked Washington. I think tailgating on a boat would be phenomenal. Uh, This year, I'm going to go with Oregon. I'm taking a page out of TJ's playbook and going with Oregon, Austin Stadium. Uh, It's a raucous crowd, small stadium for what it is. I think it holds Uh about 54,000. Uh, some great games coming into Eugene this year. You have fantastic facilities. You can see where US track and field uh, performs as well. So I'm going to go uh, Oregon and Austin Stadium. So, uh, who's your sleeper team, TJ, in the Pac-12? Well,
0: yeah, you know, I've I've kind of laid the, laid the love on Oregon fairly thick, but I, I find it hard to pick. A sleeper out of the north. I think Washington's going to be really darn good, uh, so it's it's hard to rise too much in that division, which I think has you know, five really quality teams. Because I think Cal's going to be pretty good too, uh, so I think the north is a really good division. Um, I don't have as much faith in the teams in the south. And As I mentioned, I think USC is susceptible, and I think Utah is about a year away from being really good, um, so. I'll go with Arizona. Um, I I think that they do have the capability to have a um, obviously really explosive offense, a lot of wide receivers coming back, uh, three senior starters there. The offensive line, a bit of a concern, but uh, it's hard to be too overly concerned about an offensive line when you have a a playmaker like Khalil Tate there at quarterback. Um, And then – I think that their defense, while it was honestly pretty terrible last season, uh, they do return nine starters. They've got good uh, experience there. They had a lot of injuries in the defensive uh, in their defensive backfield and up front uh, that I think maybe, no doubt, I think hampered their ability on that side of the ball. You know, a new staff, a new energy. Uh, I don't think Kevin Someone is going to change too much about what they do, that they're going to take a lot of time to get used to it. And then, you know, the schedule's doable. But, uh, they don't play Washington, they don't play Stanford, and they get US- USC at home, uh, and they get Oregon at home. So, you know, I, I think it's a very doable schedule, and uh, certainly some landmines on that schedule with Houston uh, week two, uh, week two. But uh, I think that they're a really interesting team that uh, I happen to pick to win the South. Yeah, I
1: picked... <laughs> I picked Arizona as my sleeper team as well. I will yeah. double up on yours, but I will also pick Utah as a sleeper team. Our team, yeah. a lot of returning, yeah. a lot of returning experience. They get Arizona at home. They get USC at home. They get Oregon at home, and they get Washington at home. Uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, is a tough place to play. This uh-huh. Utah team is very, very consistent. We saw them in a 2016 bowl game. They bring back their top three leading rushers. They bring back their starting quarterback. They threw for 2,400 yards last year. They have some receivers to replace, but the defense is usually always stout. Uh, they they have a reasonable schedule. They, I mean, BYU to end the season – uh, you do have to go to Colorado, to Arizona State, to Stanford, and at Washington State. But to me, I, you'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see Arizona and Utah really steal, maybe steal a game or two from, from USC and be in contention for yep. that South. How Utah's in the South, I don't know. But to try and be in play for that South Division crown, Uh but with that being said, I do like Arizona. I think they're, with the coaching change, uh, that'll inject some life into that program. Uh, but both of those schedules, players, uh, coaching, and experience, I really think that both of those coming out of the South are your sleeper teams there.
0: Yeah, I just I think that they got a really tough draw uh, out of the North, getting Washington, Stanford, um, and Oregon all out of the North. I think that's that's really tough. You know, they they don't get to play Oregon state. They don't get to play.
1: Uh, um, and Washington you know, they don't state. get to play
0: Cal. Uh, so I, you know, is, uh, I mean, if you have season tickets, uh, you're going to really love the season, uh, the matchups you're going to see there in Salt Lake city uh, this season. But uh, I just think that they got a little bit tougher of a draw than Arizona did. Um, and, given the choice between the two, I, I just went with Khalil Tate uh, as a difference maker there, but I think both are solid choices, and I I could see certainly either one of them taking uh, the South from USC.
1: Yeah, and then with that, let's do division champs. Uh, TJ, your division champs?
0: Uh, Washington, I, I think for me, Washington my conference champ, and then I went with Arizona at the South. Um, I, I just don't And I I know that it could look really bad if, um, you know, if that defense continues to underperform or, uh, obviously, if Khalil Tate gets injured, all bets are off. Um, And if if USC is just better than I'm giving them credit for, because they do return quite a bit on defense, uh, and their offensive line is in really good shape as well. Um, But uh, from where we sit right now, so... Uh, give me Arizona, give me Washington, and then I'll, I'll take the Washington to uh, to win the Pac-12.
1: I'm going to go Washington in the north and USC in the south. Um, yeah. I'm not ready yet to take another team other than USC. They do lose a lot, but they always seem to replace them. Uh, it's Hilton's fourth year here. They're clear of all those sanctions. They do return. Yeah. Three out of their top four rushers. Matt Fink uh, is a sophomore coming in. He's six three, has prototypical quarterback sides. They bring back uh, two, uh, you know, five of their top seven receivers or four of their top six receivers. Uh, they do have to replace Darnold. They have to replace Ronald Jones. Their defense is littered with guys who are returning. Uh, they. Don't really have that. They miss Washington in the regular season. They miss um, they miss Oregon, too. Uh, you get Notre Dame at home, which doesn't really play a factor into the conference standings, but uh, you'll know where this team is week two when they go to Stanford. If they lose at Stanford, they could be in trouble. Then you have to back that up, up with a game at Texas. You have to go to Arizona and at Utah. Say they lose both of those, that'll open the door for somebody else, but I don't think they lose both of them. They probably will split them, um, and, and then their draw out of the South is is pretty pretty nice um, with with Arizona State as well, and, and Colorado. Uh, so, I, I'm taking USC as my uh, South champion, and uh, we'll see. They, I meant the draw out of their North. The draw out of the North with California, Oregon State, yeah, um, and Washington State and Stanford. You know, they should go. They should go for They could go four and zero. Oh, they should probably go three and one at the very least. Uh, and and oh, then yeah. you have to go play at UCLA for for a big game at the end of the year. And then we'll we'll see what they do out of that. But uh, Pat, uh, USC, until they prove it to be otherwise, are my South uh, South Division champions. All right, TJ, that is wrapped up four out of the five Power Five conferences. We'll do a whole big Big Ten uh, breakdown after we finish the group of five. I uh, will be talking some action Sun Belt Conference USA's next week uh, as well. So we're going to touch on every conference in uh, the FBS. If you... Have teams that that fans want us to touch on a little bit more or conferences a, a little bit more uh feel free to shoot us a, a an email uh dm on twitter anything uh t j once again thanks for joining me on a wonderful sure. summer afternoon
0: yeah what uh just what are we doing the american then is that, are we doing that with the group of five or
1: yeah, we'll do the American with the group of five. So we'll do the American okay. right. with the group yes, of five. Week. Okay. Um, and then okay. we'll wrap it all up in a couple of weeks uh, with a big, probably a two-parter Big Ten East and West preview. Yeah. Yep. All
0: right. That sounds great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think um, you and I are certainly kind of in the, that diehard group that, uh, you know, loves the group of five schools, uh has our certainly our pet schools, if you will, that we, uh, for whatever reason, like to follow. And uh, I know the American is pretty interesting as well. So that'll be a fun one. Yeah,
1: and we have a resident matchin' expert on our staff in, yep. um, in Alex Compton, who's now living in Buffalo. So he'll get to see some more matchin' games up there uh, with the Buffalo Bulls. But anyway, thanks for joining us on this monday night we'll be back next monday to talk about the group of five and the american uh please follow us on twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle find us on facebook as well remember amazon prime day is a week from uh tomorrow uh week from tomorrow on tuesday it starts at 3 p.m all your shopping it doesn't cost a shop or a dime but all all your shopping get, gives us a referral bonus it helps uh keep the site updated It helps us on road trips. It helps us uh, give a little bit back to to these writers who who do such hard work and such good work uh, for us. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the evening, and we'll be talking more college football next week.